Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. I do encourage you to pick up a copy of my novel, Slime Incorporated. It's my first detective novel. It's set against the backdrop of the Idaho governor's race. As private investigator Cole Eustick works to untangle a web of lies and dirty politics in order to solve a murder. It's a modern detective story, but with a lot of nods to classic detective fiction. It is available as a paperback. It's also an audiobook through Audible.com and the iTunes Store and available wherever fine ebooks are sold. So I encourage you to pick up your copy of Slime Incorporated. And you can check out all my books, ebooks, and audiobooks at store.greatdetectives.net. All right, well, now it's time for today's episode of Nightbeat. The original air date, October the 13th of 1950, and this one is Einar Pierce and Family. This is Randy Stone. I cover the night beat for the Chicago Star. Stories start in many different ways. This one began with a guy going fishing and ended with that same guy being kidnapped and held prisoner by a whole town. A guy I think the world of. One Randy Stone, Esquire. Night Beat, starring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. The remnants of my so-called vacation this summer was spent at a fishing lodge near Duluth, Minnesota. It was the ideal spot for a jaded journalist to relax. No newspaper, no radio, no shave, nothing. Idle talk was punishable by solitary confinement in the boathouse. And fish, there were tons of it, some of them this big. Not to mention the ones that got away. My cabin came equipped with a French Indian guide who could fry those fish like nobody's business. Come and get it, Mr. Stone. Magic words, Lavoie. Hey, you catch them, I cook them. Mm-hmm. Stone, Mr. Stone. Hey, somebody call you from the main lodge. I go see. Right. Mr. Stone's wanted on a telephone. Uh, Chicago calling, Mr. Stone. Chicago? Tell him I'm not here. I'm gone for the day. Okay, with me, but they said it's urgent. Yeah, well, tell him you couldn't find me. It's a Mr. Burton that's calling. My city editor? What does he want? Where are you going? Like you said, I'll tell him I... Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'll tell him myself. Civilization, I cursed the tentacles of the telephone system that could smoke you out of paradise itself. I wish I had the guts not to take the call, but we're all slaves to the telephone one way or another. After all, you never know what might be at the other end. I hiked across the clearing of the main lodge and into the big empty lobby. The phone was still off the hook. Hello? Randy, this is Burton. Mr. Stone is not here. He was last seen chasing a city editor through the forest with a tomahawk. How are the fish biting? Just fine. I'll tell him you call. Bye. Hold on, Randy. How far are you from Duluth? Oh, 40, 50 miles wide. Remember that Pierce kid who shot the gas station mechanic a couple of weeks ago? 
Well, you see Canfield and the police beat? It wasn't my story. I know it wasn't, but do you remember him? Yeah, I remember. What about him? He escaped a couple of days ago, got out of the hospital ward. Oh, thanks for calling. I'll do my best to avoid him. His family lives in a town north of Duluth, Pierceville. Can't be very far from where you are. He may be headed there. Well? Why don't you drive up there, Randy, and look around? Some beautiful women in those small towns. Mm. His name's Einar Pierce. Stands 6'1", 24 years old, fair hair. Yeah, I know what he looks like. You had him all over the front page for two days. Get out there right away, will you? You're asking me or telling me? Okay, I'm asking you. Well, that's nice. Yes, uh, Mr. Burton. Get going. Lebois told me how to get to Pierceville, but he frowned at the idea of me going out there. He told me the whole town was full of Pierces and that they weren't too friendly if your name wasn't Pierce. I climbed up and down hills for a couple of hours, and then from the crest of one of those miniature mountains, I saw a small cluster of buildings, Pierceville. I crawled down the side of the hill in low gear and hit the main street. The place seemed deserted, so I pulled up in front of the general store. A couple of men watched me as I got out of the car. When I walked into the store, they turned away from their window and stared at me. There was a Nicobod Crane character behind the counter. Something for you, mister? Yeah, a cold drink, anything at all. Orange? Very fine. Any place a guy can get some supper? Nope. No cafe in town. Ain't that right, Gus? That's right. There's no hotel, neither. We don't cater much to the tourist trade. Yes, it's easy to see. Uh, what happens if the guy wants to stay over? You just don't. That's nice and cozy. Maybe you need a passport to drive through your town. Not if you're passing through. If I was you, I'd get going. Them roads is hard to drive at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, mind if I use your telephone? It ain't working. Hello? He's not here yet, Mr. Pierce. Yeah, he is. Just stopped in for a minute. He's leaving now. That's right. I thought that phone was out of order. You can call in, but not out. Well, you mind if I try? I've got away with broken down telephones. Keep away from it. I see. Uh, Somehow I knew you'd say that. Pete, get out there and head him off quick. Right. Hey. The fellow out there in that car, that's him. Einar Pierce, hold him! Stay put, mister. That's a gun I got in my hand, a real one with bullets and all. Are you crazy? That's INR Pierce. He's wanted for murder in Chicago. Let me get the sheriff and... Just stay where you are. Well, I can't argue with a gun. Now, get moving. Into the back room. You know what you're doing, fella? You're helping a murderer escape. You're mistaken, mister. Now, get moving. Sit down on that nail cake. You can't let that guy get away. He's a killer. He shot a man during a hold-up. You realize what that makes you? Shut up. Listen, just put down that gun. Let me get out of here. Some other time, not today. Mister, you're holding me against my will. You know what the law calls that kidnapping. Maybe you'd like me to tell you about some of the penalties for kidnapping? Save your breath, mister. I know all about it. I'll do. See, I'm a sheriff. I don't know whether I was being kidnapped or pinched, but with that forty-five staring me in the face, I wasn't asking any questions. The big guy who said he was sheriff kept me there about ten minutes, and then he steered me out the back door and followed me up a gravel pathway that stopped in front of a two-story frame house. He knocked on the door. Yes? He's here, Paul. Bring him in. Go on. What you doing, Mr. Uh... The prisoner's name is Stone, Randy Stone. Mr. Stone. 
Are you with the Duluth Police Force? I'm not a policeman. I'm a newspaper reporter. He's a tricky one, Paul. You come looking for Einar? Yeah, I should have brought a troop of infantry with me. You recognized him in the car. Uh, that's too bad. But it's not to be helped, I guess. Oh, by the way, Mr. Stone, I'm Rolf Pierce. This is my son, Gus. Oh, I've met him on the wrong end of a gun. Hey, Gus, uh, go see your Mo. She's asking for you. Take my gun, Paul. And keep your eyes on it. I will, boy. I will. Uh, Mr. Pierce, now your son, Gus, who calls himself Sheriff. He is Sheriff, Mr. What? Stone. Well, if he is, a lot of the rest of you are getting yourselves into an awful mess. I know Pierce is wanted for murder. To help him get away adds up to some serious complications, not to mention the fact that I'm being held a prisoner. It was bad luck for us when you came along. Well, I don't get it. Your son is sheriff, and still you're willing to let him ruin his life. And at this minute, Einar's making good his escape. You're wrong about that, Mr. Reporter. Einar will not run away. He's a desperate man, Mr. Pierce. You don't know what he's liable to do. But I do know, Mr. Stone. You see, Einar's my son, too. A nice little trio. Einar Pierce wanted for murder, his brother the sheriff, and his old man keeping him out of the hands of the law. Gus came downstairs after a while and sat opposite me, his gun in his hand. Then the front door banged open and the old man got up. That you, Einar? Yeah, me. Who's this guy? This is Mr. Stone, Einar. Officer Stone, you mean? He is no cop, Einar. He writes for the papers. Just as bad. Newspapers have been pretty good to some criminals. You'll not refer to my son as a criminal, Mr. Stone. Why don't you let the court judge that? Can't you see what you're doing? Keep mind on your own business, mister. He'll get to court. In good time. At midnight, we'll be turning him over to the police from Duluth. You're going to turn him over? I kept telling myself, get home, Einar, and you'll be all right. He'll never get you. When I get home, so what? My own family turns on me. I'm no better than those I run away from. You shouldn't be the one to talk about family. Okay, Brother Gus. Go ahead and play sheriff. Turn me over to the cops so I can fry. Just so long as I don't hurt the family's pride. A pierce will be beholden to no man. A pierce will run away from nothing. Not even death itself. Diner, I'll ask you to remember we have a guest in the house. Uh, maybe I'd better go out and sit on the porch a while. No huh? guest of mine sneaking, prying reports. You've said enough. I'll say more. No, you won't. Not if I have to. What? Will you shut up? No, you're all a bunch of hypocrites, including Prague. You'd be sorry for that, Gus. You had it coming, Einar. Let's see about that. Where's Nancy? In her room. I, uh, hate to interrupt a family reunion, but if you folks will excuse oh, me... Oh, yes, of course. Uh, you must be tired, Mr. Stone. I'll uh, show you up to a room where you can rest a bit. Yes, that's a good idea. Einar's got better manners than he led you to believe, Mr. Stone. I, uh, I guess he's a little excited with the wedding and all. The wedding? Oh, didn't I tell you? Oh, no, no. It's uh, more fun to be surprised. Come seven o'clock, Einar and Nancy are getting married here in this house. And with that little item for the society page, the old man left me. It was a nice little room, locked door and all. I sat on the edge of the bed and tried to puzzle it out. Here was a group of people, all seemingly decent, respectable folks, digging themselves into a mess which included murder and kidnapping. What? The sound of the next room interrupted my mental gymnastics. It was a woman crying. I couldn't figure out why the sound seemed so close, and then I saw a hole cut in the wall a little over my bed. It was meant for a stovepipe to go through, but it served even better as a peephole. 
Uh, standing up on the bed, I could see clearly into the next room. There was a girl in there standing in the middle of the floor, crying her heart out. Einar Pierce was pacing up and down in front of her. I pulled my head a little to one side so that I couldn't be seen. Oh, Nancy, please stop your crying. Oh, wedding day, Einar. What a wedding day. Well, it don't have to be like Pa wants, honey. Do what I say. Come with me tonight and you'll never get us. And hide out the rest of our lives. What about your father? What would it do to him if you were to run out on him? Oh, the island will be our own. Nobody knows about it but me, Nancy. They can look for us until doomsday and not find us. Oh, we couldn't do that to your folks. We'd never be happy if we did. You know it. No, I know. We'll, we'll have to wait till you're... Then I'm what, Nancy? I killed a man. And give me the chair. Can't you understand? I, I can get away tonight. I've got it all planned. The boat will be waiting, Nancy. If you love me, you'll come with me. I love you, I know, but I, I can't. All right, then I'll go myself. Want to tell them where I am? Go ahead and do it. Where are you going, Ina? To get cleaned up for my wedding. Nice wedding. A ring for the bride's finger and another one for the groom's neck. Ina! Yes, that's the way it happens in real life. None of those clearly defined black and white good and bad storybook characters. But mixed up flesh and blood human beings. I lay down on my bed and tried to figure them out. To figure exactly what kind of part I played in that crossword puzzle. And the key turned in the lock of my door and Mr. Pierce came into the room. Yeah. Have a good rest, Mr. Stone. Uh, not bad. Mind if I sit down? Well, that's what I call a courteous approach to a prisoner. You'd make a fine warden, Mr. Pierce. Oh, I'd rather think of you as my guest than my prisoner. Okay, warden, have it your way. I've got to have a wee talk with you. I want to remind you, Mr. Stone, that when this is over and you make your report to the police, this whole thing's my doing. Nobody else's. Well, it's not that simple. As far as I can see, you've had lots of help. The whole town, I might say, not excluding the sheriff. I've been giving the orders, Mr. Stone. I see. Now that you understand that, I'm asking you to attend my son's wedding on one condition. And that is? That you talk to no one about Einar. That you'll not mention a word of it to Einar's mother. And if I don't promise? I'll keep you locked up till the dance is over. The dance? Well, you didn't think there'd be a Pierce wedding without a dance, did you? There'll be the whole countryside of the town hall tonight. Well, what do you say? Supposing I tell you that Einar's planning to get away tonight. As my guest, I'd say you're mistaken. As a prisoner, I'd say you were a liar. I suppose I couldn't convince you that he is. No. I'm waiting for your answer. Will you be my guest? Well, under the circumstances, yes. You say that Ina's mother doesn't know about uh, this? No. She's been spared. Now, if you'll come with me, I'll have you meet her. She heard your voice downstairs, and we had to tell her that you were one of Ina's friends from Chicago. Uh, you'll bear me out on that, won't you? I'll do my best. Come, then. How do you expect to keep it from us sooner or uh, later? The good Lord's arranging for that, Mr. Stone. She's dying. NBC is bringing you Night Beat, starring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. Here's a note for Sunday listening on most NBC stations. 
David Niven and Geraldine Fitzgerald will co-star in Sunday's Theater Guild on the Air production of I Know Where I'm Going. Make a note to hear David Niven and Geraldine Fitzgerald in this great drama Sunday on Theater Guild. Theater Guild is heard immediately after Tales of the Texas Rangers, which stars Joel McRae. Sunday, it's Tales of the Texas Rangers, then Theater Guild. Both fine shows for you to hear. to Nightbeat and Randy Stone. After I picked my heart up off the floor, we walked downstairs to Mrs. Pierce's room. There was nothing left to say. I stood alone in the doorway and watched the old man walk over to his wife's bed as though it were a shrine. She opened her eyes slowly and the stamp of death was in them. She was past pain already, and if her voice was slow and halting, there was a serene dignity about her that seemed pretty close to this thing we call happiness. Father? Aye, Mother. I thought you might be sleeping. Sleeping with my son's wedding an hour away. Hello there, young man. Hello, ma'am. You're Einar's friend from the city, aren't you? They work together in Chicago, Mother. Yes, that's right, ma'am. We were very good friends. I'm so happy you could come. And you'll not be angry with us for keeping him here. He belongs with his folks, you know. Oh, yes, yes. He, he belongs with his folks. The land's waiting for him. And Nancy, to make him a home and give him children. Poor orphan that she is. With no folks to be at her wedding. Nancy came to our house when she was just a baby. And from the first time we saw them standing together, we knew they was to be married one day. And this is it. Their wedding day. How long before the preacher will be here? Oh, little more than an hour, Mother. Uh, you'd best have a nap now till he comes. A nap? Goodness, it'll take me that long to make myself pretty for the wedding. The pieces of the puzzle were falling into place now. Only from where I was sitting, the picture was beginning to look like a king-sized lump in my throat. The old man was holding Einer till he could get him married off to Nancy taking a chance and going to prison himself just so he could give his wife something she had to have before she died. I got to feeling mean and ugly for butting in. And all through the ceremony, I made myself as small as I could. When it was over, the newlywed Mr. and Mrs. Einar Pierce stood around and accepted the sober congratulations of the few guests. And after supper, as sad a wedding feast as I've heard of, we all went down to town hall. stood near the doorway to receive the company. I sat against the wall right behind him. Time the dancing was starting. Too many long faces around here, including yours, Einar. They stand there gawking at me. When they're out of hearing, they say, look at him, the rotten, murdering thief. They'll get... He'll get what's coming to him. Ah, Tosh, lad. There's no one here but wishes you luck. There's no one here that won't pray for you. Ah, there's more here that wish me the electric chair. You can see it in their faces. That'll be enough. You'll go to trial with the best lawyers that can be hired. The judge will mark you for a fool, not a criminal. And they'll be fair to you. When are they coming for me? Midnight. Now then, folks! 
Timber up, the dancing's about to commence. And first, of course, comes the bride and groom special. Grab your Mrs. Einar. Choose your partner, skip to my look. Come on, Ina. They're waiting for you. I'm not dancing. Ina, please. Come on, Mr. Groom. We'll wear out a hole for just standing here. <laughs> Maybe he knows he ain't the boss anymore. Nancy, you bring him out. Go on, boy. Go on. Ina. It's like walking behind your own coffin. Come on, then. They started to dance, and in a few minutes, some of the younger kids joined them on the floor. Mr. Pierce came and sat down with me. Hey, are you enjoying yourself? It's an experience I'll never forget, I'll tell you that. Well, now, if you take a liking to some of the girls, uh, ask them to dance. Whoa, there comes Gus. I've been wondering about him. Everything's all right, Paul. Ma said she can hear the music from the house, huh? Sounds fine. I wish you could be here with us. She said to tell you that she was standing at your side. <laughs> Thank you for telling me, son. Uh, did you did you phone the police in Duluth? Yes, sir. Take him a couple of hours to get out here. Gus. Yes, Mr. Stone. Can I talk to you for a minute alone? I guess so. Let's go outside. you want to see me about? I know. What about him? Anna's going to try and make a break for it. What makes you think so? I heard him tell Nancy he was to some island. Oh, he said that 50 times today, but he won't try. Oh, yes, he will. He's not like you and your father. Frankly, that's why I'm thinking about your dad. You think Einer would walk out on his dad knowing the old man would be held responsible? That's exactly what I'm saying. Mister, you don't know us, Pierces. What you're trying to say should get you a punch in the nose. Okay. Okay. But keep your eye on him. Now get out of my way. When I got back into the hall, they were finishing the square dance. It's nice to watch. Eleven o'clock, the big clock on the wall said. I moved up close to Einer and his wife. If he was going to try to get away, it would have to be soon. The music blared up and suddenly Anna grabbed hold of his wife's arm and stared around to the floor. A frightened look came into her eyes, and she tried to pull back, but Ina whispered something to her, and she let herself be led away. I know that something was going to happen. I wanted to be near and try and stop it. I walked up to a gorgeous brunette standing against the wall, the girl who'd been singing a while ago. May I have this dance, please? Love to. First time you've danced tonight, isn't it? Yeah, I, uh, I was afraid your girls wouldn't dance with a foreigner in Chicago. Well, come on. A one and a two and a three and a four. Oh, hey, 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 wait a minute. Take it easy, you know. I kind of knew it. Uh, uh, this better? Yeah, yeah, for a beginner. Isn't it sad about Einar and Nancy, I mean? Yeah. Mind if we dance a little closer? Not at all. No, 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 no. I'm to them. I'm... Uh, that door there, there near now, uh, where does that go to? Downstairs, the basement. Why? Oh, nothing, nothing. I'm just curious. Uh, can you get out of the building through the basement? Yeah. Why do you ask? You don't think. Oh, how can I think, lady, with you in my arms? <laughs> the 
The dance was over. I thanked my partner and leaned against the wall watching Einar. He said something to Nancy, and then as casually as if he were going for a drink of water, he slipped through the door leading to the basement. As fast as I could, I followed him. I turned the doorknob. He'd locked the door behind him. I went out the sideway, ran around to the back of the building. Then I saw him moving toward a clump of bushes. He heard me. He turned around. A piece of lead pipe in his hand made a wicked silhouette in the moonlight. It's you. You better get back in there with your dad, Arna. Keep away from me. Come one step closer and I'll kill you. Don't be a fool, Arna. I can let out one holler everybody in the dance hall to come running out. And your father will know you tried to sneak out on him. And maybe I'd better make sure you can't holler. Try to stop me. Let go. Oh, you can't. Run out and your dad. I won't let you do it. All right, then. Take it. I know. Now put that down. Gus, put down that pipe. I'm, I'm getting away from you, Gus. Not while I've got this gun you want. You wouldn't. You wouldn't use that on me, your own brother. Wouldn't I? I wouldn't believe Mr. Stone when he said that you were planning a getaway. When I saw you out here, I wanted to kill you. Why didn't you? Might as well. Because Pa wants you to decide when the police come for you. Are you all right, Mr. Stone? Yeah, yeah, but wait till I see that city editor of mine. I'll take Einar into Pa now. I'll come back and look after you. Come on, Einar. <laughs> Gus came back and he nursed the lump on my head until it felt a little better. You think you can make it now? Paul's been asking for you. Uh, did you tell him about uh, Ina? I couldn't bring myself to do it. Well, I'm glad you didn't. Let's not tell him. Tell him that uh, I tried to get away and uh, you had to slug me. Paul feel hurt pretty bad. He's trusted you. You'll feel worse if he finds out how I really got it. <laughs> There was hurt and disappointment in the old man's eyes when Gus told him I'd tried to run out of him. And something strange had happened to Einer. He stood quietly beside his father, his head bowed. It was a little before 12 now, Gus walked over to the orchestra and spoke to the dance caller. Then the drummer crashed the cymbals for attention. Attention, folks. We're leaving now, so you'll pay your respects to the host and guest of honor as you file out. One by one, the couple shuffled past the little group and made their awkward speeches. The old man stood tall and straight and accepted their thanks with a quiet dignity. Einar stared straight ahead of him and spoke to no one. And Nancy kept her eyes glued on the floor and cried without tears. Well, Miss Pierce, me and my boys will be getting along. Thank you, Pete. You played mighty fighting tonight. Well, thank you. Come on, boys. And good luck to all of you. Thanks. You'll close that door behind you, please. Good night. Oh, I know. Don't, don't cry, Nancy. I don't want to see you crying when I go. I'll try not to. You hear, Gus? Let him come in. No. He'll come out to them. Tell him he'll come out himself. See? Look at me. Pick your head up. Yes, I know. I love you, Nancy. More than you reason to believe. 
I hope I can come back to you someday and prove it to you. I'll be here, waiting. Hmm. Pa, I... What is it, son? I don't know how to say it, but Pa, I'm awful proud of you. And will you pray for me like you promised? I'll pray for you. They're getting impatient, Gus. Before I go, Gus, I gotta tell you. Never mind, Ina. I understand. You, Mr. Stone. Me? Thanks for... You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I know. Gus! You better go now, son. Yeah. Better. Well, it's three weeks now since all that happened, and I'm back on the job again, turning out the required amount of grist for my nightly stint. But every time I close my eyes, I can see the picture of old Mr. Pierce standing straight and proud while his son walked out of the door to the waiting cops. And a thought comes over me that's kind of tough to put into words. It's, uh... Well, it's that God created more majesty in a man like old Mr. Pierce than he did in all of his other works put together. We kind of forget sometimes what real greatness is made of. Yep. Copy, boy. Night Beat, starring Frank Lovejoy, is produced and directed by Warren Lewis. Tonight's story was written by Lou Russoff, with music by Frank Worth. Mr. Pierce was played by Bill Johnstone, and Bill Conrad was Gus. Others in tonight's cast were Lamont Johnson, Harley Bear, Vic Perrin, Helen Marr Van Tile, and Georgia Ellis. The folk singer was Terry Elite. Frank Lovejoy may currently be seen in Milton Sperling's production, Three Secrets, released by Warner Brothers. Listen next week at this time and every week as Randy Stone searches through the city for the strange stories waiting for him in the darkness. Nightbeat came to you from Hollywood. chimes mean good times on NBC. Tomorrow's radio fair on most NBC stations includes the premiere of two programs. Etta Hopper brings you personalities from the motion picture world in her new program tomorrow. Be sure to listen and listen to for Noah Webster Says. That's Hedda Hopper and Noah Webster Says. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. This is Andrea J. Graham, author of the Web Surfer series. Oh, and a man's wife. You're listening to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. Welcome back. A very surprising story. As we got started into this, I had a very firm idea of where I thought this story was going to go. 
based on, you know, the typical trope of these sort of stories with the corrupt open town uh, being run by a family that's probably not quite right in the head. And we get an entirely different story. I like that. It really does subvert our expectations, even with some of the uh, warnings that Randy received before leaving. Now, my one bone to pick is that this is actually his second summer vacation. So either the writers aren't quite keeping track or syncing with each other, or Randy has a little bit more money than he made on in that prior episode. At any rate, though, that will do it for today. If you do have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.